0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of the American Filmmaker Podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk to Sam Hulick and Sarah Potius, the creative and artistic force behind Real Crafter, an app that helps you with your audio pitches if you are a composer for the film, television, and advertising realities. So I just want to welcome Sam and Sarah to the American Filmmaker Podcast. I just want to welcome Sam Hulick and Sarah Potius, the team behind Real Crafter, a wonderful app that makes it easy to build, send, and track audio pitches. So, the first question that I'm always curious about is where the creativity started. Because you are a composer, Sam, and then Sarah, you're an artistic director too. And then these kind of creativities fused to kind of create real crafter. I'm curious, uh, can you tell me a little bit about growing up and when you realized you might be creative?
1: For me, it's a, it's a pretty easy answer. I grew up uh, in a musical family, at least my dad was. He's been in bands you know, since he was a teenager. And uh, I grew up in that environment of just having music around me. And uh, in my teenage years, like we had a music studio in the living room. So like basically everything in the living room is sort of relocated to the bedroom and the main area of our house was like literally a music studio with like a mixing board and monitors and and uh, all kinds of instruments and stuff so you know that environment you know just helped foster i guess like my own creative spirit Sarah what about you i'm uh, curious
2: just for as long as i can remember i was always creating like arts and i love to do things with my hands like if i'm working on something I want to see the final result, and it's been that way my entire life. And that's been my entire career as well. So I feel like I've been creating as long as I can remember.
0: What were some of your favorite arts and crafts that kind of led to the art direction or the artistic direction?
2: I made a lot of friendship bracelets growing up, uh, which I think probably gave me a clue that I would be a designer when I grew up. So I love to go to the Ben Franklin store, which I don't even know if those still exist, and buy the materials that you needed to create the woven friendship bracelets. I learned how to make those at camp, and that became kind of my signature craft once I was in junior high. And everybody always asked me to make them, you know, custom bracelets with their favorite colors. So that was a lot of fun.
1: I think it's funny that your creative background is arts and crafts because like that's the opposite for me. I was terrible at that stuff and like my creations would fall apart. I was just so terrible at like the physical realm. So for me, it was all like audio based.
0: Sam, I'm curious, what was your first instrument or like was it more of the kind of production background working with all the tools in the uh, studio that kind of started the journey?
1: I was never a really good instrumentalist. I think my first instrument where I was actually taking lessons was the coronet. Uh, I was terrible at it, I hated it. Uh, Never actually took piano lessons, really just not really into formal uh, music studies in general. So for me, it was mostly, I started out making music on the computer. I was 100% software based and kind of moved from the computer to workstation keyboards. So again, I, I was never really good at playing the, key, the keys, but good enough to get by and just be able to record my ideas down and start, you know, messing around with uh, composing.
0: When did you two meet? And then where did this idea come from? Because I'm curious about, you know, the different art, art director positions and then where you worked at, Sarah, and then Sam also, kind of how you were able to fuse video game composing as well as, uh, you know, movie composing.
1: Sure. Uh, We met in 2010 on OkCupid, so online dating service. (laughs) That's where we met. Uh, So, yeah, the the whole business aspect didn't come into play until, until much later.
2: I have worked in advertising, so advertising agencies, my entire career as an art director. So I think when I met Sam, just to start off, I have a creative job background that can be very stressful and very demanding. And he was compo- he was working on a huge composing project when we met. So I think right off the bat, we both really understood what it meant to be a professional creative and have deadlines. And you know, it's not like you're just creating for fun. like this is your livelihood. So when we started working on Real Crafter, we both really understood the importance of presenting yourself professionally. As a creative, when you're looking for work,
1: so Real Crafter was basically born out of the pain points around pitching for music projects, which I experienced myself as a composer. So there was no good way for me to send a high quality, polished demo reel to land projects. Right? I could use SoundCloud or Dropbox, but none of these solutions are intended for that purpose. Right? There's no standard uh, when it comes to sending demos. So. Uh, That's where the idea came from and you know after talking to my peers about you know troubles they were having I realized like, you know, we all have a lot in common as far as these pain points that we're all experiencing sending demos And so that's when I started basically building it Uh, And then Sarah came in early on in that process to help with the design aspect
2: Yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to get at before like I understand when I would watch him pitch for gigs I understand that completely on the art side. I would have to do the same thing. It's, you know, you have to be very vulnerable and put your work out there in order to get a job. So I understood exactly what he was trying to do. And then also, I used my art direction background to make sure that the final product of Real Crafter was as well designed. As possible so you make not only a great impression with your music you can also make a great impression visually with what you're sending so it was just a natural evolution to have me come on and be part of the business as soon as he started building it and it started taking shape I was standing over his shoulder (laughs) art directing him Uh, and then it just became both of our full-time jobs we just turned it into Something from a side project he was building for himself into this really cool software that it's really fun to see how our customers are using it.
0: When did you start building it and was it always an app when you started or it or or was it you know a proof of concept? And then as both of you started to think about it and then work it, it kind of evolved to this you know really really wonderful app.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. It actually did start off as sort of a proof of concept just for myself. So I, I put together a little hack, uh, a script that would basically notify me when uh, someone would open a demo reel that I'd sent out just to know that I got there. That's really where that whole, you know, it started with that prototype. And, you know, once some of my friends heard about that, they were like, that's really cool. Like, can you, you know, can I have that somehow? And, And there was no really easy a uh, way for me to just package that up and make it a, a, a solution that could be handed off to someone else. Um, so that's where the idea sort of was uh, conceived from that prototype. Uh, at some point in time, after kind of validating the idea more, that's when we set out and start start to build it. And um, that was around, I want to say like August 2015, um, roughly. I started actually building out the application uh, and went through several several stages of like, you know, there's like the ugly version where like Sarah came in, she's like, "Oh no, no, you can't, you can't do this," <laughs> and then just sort of like redesigned from scratch, and then eventually launched a beta. And I had a bunch of uh, composer friends jump in on that and help test, and that was really helpful. Uh, and and eventually launched the last day of October in 2016.
0: When you did that first test, when did you know that it needed to be more? Or, uh, well, I, I guess what what signs did you have early on that it worked? Like, even when it was just the script in the email that notified you, what happened? Just within the kind of realm of just getting more gigs and like getting more jobs and, and then pitching.
1: I think for me, you know, being sort of, uh, you know, being our target market, like as a composer, like I knew as I was building things out, like this is really great. It's, it's so much better than just sending off uh, you know, like a link to a SoundCloud playlist and and not knowing if it got there or how much they listened to. So I was basically like building it for myself, knowing that it would also fulfill the needs of other composers, too. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's evolved a lot over time, for sure. We've added all kinds of, of new features since it launched. Some of the features we have were really there from the beginning, like just the tracking, being able to see that, you know, someone opened the demo reel and how much they listened to. That's always been there. And it's really like one of the core features.
0: Sarah, I'm curious, before the beta, how ugly was it? And then when did you feel like this thing is pretty enough? I've got the functionality good. And like people don't realize sometimes with app design and other design that sometimes the most minimal color shift or design aspect can increase user functionality by just infinite stuff you know and then make make it frictionless and so I'm like curious you know whenever you first saw it what kind of things did you want to do to you know kind of help streamline it and um I'm asking this question because you know I'm I'm working on something else that's that's similar and like uh, the whole team's going through it you know so
2: the first iterations were very big and clunky and I say like Sam's design aesthetic is very very big <laughs> I was like you know we'd You're not going to be able to see anything on this screen because everything is so giant. Everybody has to scroll to see everything. Um, I relied heavily on my experience. I worked on the Walgreens e-commerce website for several years, which was very UI, UX heavy. So that was a really cool experience to kind of couple along with my, you know, traditional design skills. So I worked very closely with the UX team And so when Sam was building this app, I thought back to all the things that, you know, we were struggling with when designing on the Walgreens website and helped a lot with the UI, UX. Definitely just usability, workflows, like building a reel is a multi-step process. And I think we went back and forth a lot on like, how should that be presented within the app? I think the first iterations were pretty clunky. And then it was really good for me to come in as someone who hadn't seen all of this because like Sam said, he started and I didn't jump in until maybe like six months later. So he was like behind the scenes coding, like how it would actually work. And then we started putting the, you know, user interface over it. And I got to like, try to use it, try to build a reel and just went from there. I think we went back and forth for another six months to get it to the point where we could open it up for the beta, so.
1: Yeah, it's interesting too, like building it for myself, you know, there, there's a point where I'm, I'm adding features or, or, you know, designing the app a certain way where it no longer works for other people, even other composers, right? Like they have different opinions on, on you know, like just the UI, like uh, volume controls or things like that. Where like, if, if I built it in a silo by myself, it would be a certain way, but it wouldn't work as well for everybody. So that was an interesting point in time where I realized, okay, it it helps more to just collect other people's feedback and and take everything into consideration.
2: And I think simplicity, I mean, that's even in just my graphic design sense is always, you know, less is more. And I think that we really tried to maintain that within Real Crafter. So, I mean, it's really easy to add a bunch of stuff all over and add all these features. and But then it just becomes confusing for people. So I think we intentionally started very, very simple. And then as we've gotten feedback from our customers, we've added things slowly when they make sense and still trying to keep the platform very easy to use.
0: What happened with the beta? And then how long were you testing and uh, what kind of things did you learn and then when did you, I guess, get your first, you know, like, when did you know there was critical mass enough around it to launch the app?
1: I think beta testing lasted, well, it's going back a while, like four or five months or so, somewhere around there. Um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you the exact feedback that we got, but a whole bunch of things, like anywhere from just interface stuff to specific features and how they should function uh, a lot of bugs, <laughs> a whole lot of bugs, of course, and that was that was all really useful. And you know, there's just a point where, I guess, the feedback from people sort of, sort of kind of like starts to wind down a bit. You get a, you get a sense that you're ready to launch because you're not getting some, getting as many bug reports or people saying, "Hey, it'd be better if it did this." Uh, people just kind of generally say like, "It's great," and they're starting to use it. You know, they're early adopters who are actually taking a chance and and using using RealCrafter. Uh, And it's a beta stage to send out demo reels um, is also really good evidence that you're ready to go. So, yeah, we launched it like October 30th, 2016, and we got our our first customer, uh, I believe, that day.
2: It was within a couple hours.
1: Yeah, within a couple hours, our first customer who paid, you know, for the year. We saw a pretty decent spike of of people signing up after we launched.
2: And those customers, those very first customers are still customers.
1: They must be getting work then. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah, actually, some of our earliest customers, uh, like like Sarah said, they're still with us, and they're you know huge advocates of our platform and tell other people about us. So word of mouth is definitely one of our biggest drivers for new customers.
0: And then, when did you realize it was going to be big enough to where you both could go full time on it? You know, just being able to do that is is a really really huge.
2: Yeah, so the going full time happened. Pretty recently, we applied for and were accepted into TechStars uh, startup accelerator, uh, and that was starting the beginning of January. So that was when I officially, you know, quit my full-time job and came onto RealCrafter full-time. Sam had been full-time for quite a while before that, and I was just nights and nights and weekends. But it's been great. Like as soon as I went full-time. It was amazing how much you can focus and just get, get more stuff done. Like I've had a to-do list that's you know pages long for several years now because I was never able to put all of my energy and focus into the marketing and the website and design. And so we've made some huge changes in the past couple months, even while we were going through this really intense accelerator program. So that's been great, and I'm really excited for being able to continue this.
0: And Sam, while this was all going on, um, were you working on the Mass Effect trilogy uh, soundtrack or or uh, music for that? Because I noticed that within your bio, so I had to research all about the video game trilogy.
1: No, that was that was uh, a while before Real Crafter. Um, I, I think Mass Effect Three was that was uh, wrapped up uh, like 2012, give or take, somewhere around there. Yeah, that was. Um, and then we we worked on a couple other uh, add-ons. There was like Mass Effect 3 Extended Cut and then the Citadel DLCs. That was like, I think, within a year and a half-ish after Mass Effect 3. But Real Crafter was officially born in L.A. Uh, we moved to L.A. for a bit. I was trying to cut my teeth more on film stuff. That was a a, a different chapter.
0: When I was looking through the website, which I encourage all the listeners to do, there's a a really well-established list of people using uh, Real Crafter. Did that just organically happen?
1: Uh, it was definitely organic. I think composers and, and music types in general are very uh, they're very social, very connected people. There's a lot of word of mouth, like people will get together on Facebook groups, for example, and just ask each other like, hey, what are you using these days for, you know, like string libraries or what are you using for demo reels? People get frustrated with other, other platforms out there. And so, you know, word kind of spread And I would keep, you know, in the early days, I would keep a close eye on my phone when people would sign up just because, you know, it's exciting, it's like this new exciting thing. And I don't remember who the first high profile people were, but I remember like my phone would would ding and i look at it and I'd do a double take and be like, wow, like so-and-so just signed up. And uh, I was not, I did not see that coming. So it's uh, sort of gained more momentum from there. And yeah, we have a lot of great endorsements from uh, Hollywood's top composers.
0: So that kind of brings us to today. So what's going on right now currently? Because I noticed there was a uh, free option during the uh, COVID crisis and then some other stuff evolving.
1: Yeah, it's been kind of a whirlwind. We were, as Sarah mentioned, we were in the Techstars startup accelerator um, that started at the end of January. And like early, mid-March, Techstars uh, went remote um, due to COVID-19. and. You know right away we started thinking about like what can we do to you know like help the music community help our customers in in these times and you know instead of just sending an email just saying like hey we're here for you we wanted to actually do something uh so we did two things one we reopened our our free plan um we had a free plan for a while and then we um we sunsetted that just to experiment with a, a trial a free trial instead so we reopened the free plan uh, to help people who might need to, you know, put together demos and get work. We also launched an event called Real Crafter Live. Uh, it's like a live demo critique uh, event conducted over Zoom. So basically it consists of a panel of composers and agents who listen to uh, a bunch of people's demo reels who are, you know, in the Zoom conference. There's like uh, 20 or so people who attend and they get feedback. They get live feedback from the panel on their, on their um, music demos. So those are the two things that we that we put out there and yeah it's been working out really well and we just had the real crafter live the first one and that was a big hit and we're looking at doing the second one soon. Uh, Sarah, any updates?
2: I think the biggest thing that that is happening is definitely now that I'm full time on real crafter we are going to be much more active on social media. I would say when you're you know juggling a full time job and working nights and weekends there are Things that kind of fall to the wayside and so I'm really excited to really start interacting with people on a consistent basis and definitely with the Real Crafter Live events being able to go out there and reach people who maybe haven't heard of us yet and have something really great to offer them as opposed to just you know a fun social media post like we're really excited to have new people see what we're doing and hopefully sign up and participate themselves. So I think that's gonna be the biggest thing. And also we just overhauled the whole website, got a whole new color palette, updated the logo. So those were things I was really excited to do because those had been on my to-do list for a long time. And I think the new look and feel like definitely represents us much better. And I think we've had great feedback from our customers as well about the new look. So, and I know that doesn't affect the app itself but it was really great to see how positive people responded so
1: yeah that was another positive another positive change that uh sarah brought to the table uh because when i started building this like we had this logo that we um had someone design and uh the colors were not that exciting they were kind of like this boring generic blue so sarah sat down and she just said this is it She's tired of this logo, so she uh, just gave a new color palette, and it's a lot better better now. Another thing, too, that she hasn't mentioned, uh, besides her design uh, experience, she's also in charge of of all marketing and advertising stuff with the company, too, which is, like, a lot. It's more than than I could handle myself, so.
2: I wanted to update the logo pretty much since the day it was created, but (laughs) (laughs) there there were more important things to work on at that time. So, I took advantage of being 100% dedicated into doing the things that I was like, I can't I can't look at this blue logo any longer.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I feel like it's really helpful to have a CMO within one of the founders, you know? It's just a, a lot more can get done with a lot less talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, our skill sets definitely complement each other. Like she has the design, the visual design and marketing and stuff, and then uh, I'm the technical co-founder. So it works out really well.
2: To add to that, like, I feel like, yeah, like we complement each other very well and we're both creative, but yet our skill sets are completely opposite. So we never step on each other's toes, which I think is super helpful when you're founding a business together.
0: And then just out of curiosity, because I saw this in the bios and the description, I'm curious, when did you guys find time to get married?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that that came first. Uh, we got married in twenty twelve, and then the business started up. You know, like twenty fifteen ish. So, when we lived in L A, we were in a loft, uh, a zero bedroom loft. So, and we were both working from home. So, like literally, just together in the same space, twenty four seven. And anyone we told this to back then were like, "Wow, you guys are like, you're still alive." And we're like, <laughs> like, yeah, we we just get along, and we don't really, you know, we don't fight fight. We just have discussions on things, and that's been a huge part. I I can see. I can see how a lot of um, businesses co-founded by married couples uh, can probably be tricky to navigate.
0: Yeah, it means date night is really real. Like date night is, yeah. is, is weekly, if not bi-weekly.
1: <laughs> you definitely have to be more, more intentional about those things and separating personal and yeah, making time for those things, for sure. I
2: think that's probably how I got so involved from the start, because at that point I was working from home in this loft so i could see him working on this all the time. So anytime i wanted to, you know, go over and talk to him, i would see it on a screen and then that's when i would start, you know, art directing over his shoulder. So when we set out, this was going to be Sam's project and i was busy with, you know, my advertising. I also did was doing jewelry design at the time. So we we were pretty busy and creating a lot of stuff in that loft
0: so um, I guess I've asked you a lot of questions is there anything else you would like to say about real crafter or this creative journey that you two have gone on to really bring real crafter into the world
1: it's been a long and crazy journey for sure and uh, we're just excited that it's come this far and grown the way it has and we're just getting started there's a lot of really exciting future plans for real crafter and we're just happy to you know be a part of this tool that you know the goal is to standardize demo reels and give musicians a way to, you know, pitch for projects and uh, just look their best. Sarah, any thoughts?
2: I don't think we touched on this yet, but we're busy creating in the background uh, a whole new feature set. So hopefully soon we'll be rolling out features that will make our platform more useful for people. Like right now, our main uh, customers are composers because Sam is a composer and he built it for himself, but we are working on features that will be more useful for bands, singer-songwriters, sound designers. So we're excited to create a tool for them as well because they have the same needs in when they're pitching for gigs that there's, you know, the tracking, the visual presentation, all of those things are important.
0: Yeah, it really is a, a beautiful layout from uh, the a demo video I saw. It kind of made it fun to pitch, like it, it kind of took out the stress.
2: <laughs> we have a few samples of reels on our website, but it has been so fun to see what people create because our template is actually very, very simple. And that was intentional. It's You can add a logo, a banner, um, a video or a, a larger photo next to your playlist, but Everybody's reel looks completely different and because they design something specifically for the reel that they're creating. And there's some people that are very talented musically and they're very talented design-wise too, so.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the American Filmmaker Podcast. I just want to thank Sam and Sarah for taking us on their creative journey to bring Real Crafter into the world for all of the composers for film, television, music, and really anybody who needs to pitch a piece of audio. The producer and host of this episode is Josh Hyde. And the music was provided by Michael J. Deller of The Budos Band and Charles Bradley and his Extraordinaires. Thank you, Mikey, for all of your creative contributions to the American Filmmaker Podcast. Thanks again for spending some time with us. And if you like this episode, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast. And we will see you next time from the front lines of creativity.